All right, uh, sorry about the delay guys. I think we're gonna go ahead and get started uh, for today's session. Uh, so before before we begin, we just wanna introduce, um, this is Talking STEM. Um, it's our newest session. We're super excited to bring it to you guys today. Um, and basically for the next, um, over the course of the next month and also um, throughout the year, we're gonna be um, kind of introducing this session more and more. Um, and we're gonna be interviewing a variety of guest speakers and figures in STEM. Um, so today here we have with us um, one of the CEOs of a very fast growing business. Um, he's from Oregon uh, and his name is William Schaffler. He'll get a chance to introduce himself in just a moment here. Um, but, but, but without um, without further ado, we wanted to quickly um, describe a little bit about us and if, if just a quick introduction about uh, the organization itself. Yeah, so just as an introduction, uh, my name is Sion Bhatia. Um, I'm one of the co-founders of Start Similarly. Uh, we've been running this for about three years now, uh, but more recently we've been doing a lot of online programs and webinars uh, basically to drive um, and increase opportunities for uh, young students in both elementary and middle school uh, by increasing opportunities in STEM and helping them learn um, a variety of subjects um, and to make them as inter interesting as possible. Um, so over the last three, two or three years, uh, we've garnered almost 3,500 students. Um, and a lot of this has been through um, our intro to app building uh, program, which many of you guys may be familiar uh, with. Um, so all of that has been really great for us. Um, and we've held almost 45 unique sessions and events and programs. And that's pretty much what our um, mission is uh, overall, is to increase opportunities and to uh, increase interest uh, among elementary and middle school students in STEM because a lot of the time they're not open uh, or not, um, uh, they don't know about these kind of opportunities or what STEM even is. So um, like I said, many of you guys may have uh, joined some of our sessions like our intro to Arduino, intro to app building, uh, forensics, and even our global student challenge. So it's really great to see you guys here today uh, to do one of our um, new, newest programs, which is Talking STEM. Uh, with people around the world. Yeah, and for sure, I think it's also quite impressive that you guys are uh, joining us here on the weekend because I know it is July 4th weekend and of course, you know, family plans do come up, um, but it's really impressive that you guys are sitting down here to just um, learn about, you know, just exactly, um, you know, what figures in STEM are doing and how the STEM industry is growing so rapidly. Um, I think it's, it's definitely going to be a great learning opportunity for you guys today and we're going to have a lot of fun. Um, so without further ado, um, we wanted to quickly introduce um, William Schaffer, who is our guest speaker for today. Um, William, if you want to quickly take a moment to just introduce a little bit about yourself and um, your background, I think that'd be fantastic. Appreciate it. This is uh, it's awesome to be here. Um, yeah, so I uh, founded Instashowing.com, which is basically a, a real estate uh, showing scheduling platform for agents. And uh, I founded it in university. Um, my uh, sophomore year when I saw this, this issue take place firsthand and, and uh, basically started working on it over the course of a year and a half. And then uh, when I graduated university, um, I had already had a bunch of users on the platform and then um, I decided to scale up and essentially um, uh, got some funding and uh, built out a team. And so now we're uh, I'm working on expanding outwards and uh, taking taking a lot of market share. So it's uh, very exciting. Absolutely, absolutely. That's great to hear. 
Um, do you want to describe a little bit about um, a little bit about your education, what you like to do for fun? I think it's, it's always great to hear that too. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm a really big mountain biker, and so I really like to to to, to go. I'm going back to to Bend, Oregon, right now for the this weekend actually, and so I'll I'll be doing doing a lot of mountain biking. Um, also a private pilot, so um, I really I really like that 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 process of flight planning and uh, just being able to navigate through uh, the airspaces of the U.S. Um, and uh, yeah, I I uh, went to University of Oregon. Um, I did uh, I did business, um, but throughout that time I was uh, working on the software product and uh, taught taught myself a, a bit how to code and um, started a building insta showing out. And, um, yeah, I graduated in December. That's great. That's absolutely fantastic, Peter. Um, yeah. So obviously, uh, William, you introduced us to Insta showing, uh, so that's really great to hear. Um, uh, so yeah, just, if you guys don't, if you guys haven't already heard, uh, William is the CEO of Insta showing. Um, and obviously one of our main focuses for talking STEM in our webinars is to kind of introduce all of our students to. Uh, people from all different kind of industries and um, experiences. Um, and so we really value you guys, you come here today to um, talk a little bit about yourself um, and your uh, experiences. Cool. Appreciate it. Yeah. So I think we, we got a little bit into um, William's background, um, especially with his experience with creating Insta showing, but I think there's always some great questions that we can um, ask him. So, um, William, if you don't mind, we're going to, we wanted to ask a few questions here and, uh, students, you guys will actually get a chance to ask the direct questions as well. Um, but we just had a few questions prepared here, if that's okay. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So, um, just, just, uh, just to start off, um, what do you think was the initial inspiration to create instant showing? I think it's always very, um, intriguing for a lot of people to see how, someone can just come upon a business and then wrap like rapidly expand it and get customers. Um, how does that happen? And kind of what was the inspiration to start that process? Yeah. So the university of Oregon has a lot of entrepreneurship programs. And so that was great to just be around other students who were starting other businesses and other categories. And so I'd done a different business earlier, but then saw some fellow students essentially do this one business that, um, allowed you to book tutor appointments and it was like a platform, a two-sided marketplace that allowed you to book tutor appointments and pay all in one spot. So you can book like a physics, a chemistry, um, tutor and, and find the times that worked for both of you. Um, and I had just seen them building that and, and, and I was helping them a bit on that. And, uh, I saw the same problem in real estate and I was like, wow, real estate's massive. This must be a problem across the country. I'm surprised no one's ever, um, really built an elegant solution for this. And so I just kind of took that, like that analogy that, 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 um, other, uh, solution that some other students were working on in a, in a totally different industry and mm -hmm. brought it over to real estate. And so, uh, after seeing this problem firsthand, I mean, lots of real estate is, is still done in the dinosaur. It, it's like, I think real estate today is like being done the same way it was in the seventies or eighties, there's, it's all still paperwork and all very archaic. And so, um, I just realized that there's a lot of opportunity here, especially based on how big the U S residential real estate marketplace is. And I just was working on a, on the side during university. It wasn't like a full-time thing. Uh, so it was very low risk to, to work on it during university. 
And um, it turned out that there's a big market opportunity that uh, opened up um, when uh, Zillow actually bought a company in this space, showing like how valid this, this uh, market opportunity is. And uh, yeah, I've uh, been growing it ever since. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. We, we've definitely seen the success. So it, it's been great to see so far. Cool. Oops, sorry. Um, yeah, so just transitioning into our next question, um, which is more focused on, um, you know, STEM and your kind of experiences with it. Um, what would you say um, were your first experiences with building something with technology? I know that you kind of mentioned that you taught yourself to code. Um, and yeah, so if you could kind of elaborate and expand on that. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'd say that uh, it, was, it was very difficult at first because when you're teaching yourself everything from scratch, uh, it's, it's, it's a, lot of, a lot of effort. And so I ended up teaming up with um, uh, a developer that I that had hired, but um, essentially it, it, was, it was a really great process to, to, because there's a market opportunity, I had the time, and then I was actually building something that I knew there was some demand for. And so, um, I, I love to do like uh, hackathon projects, but at the same time, like when, when you know that this is like a product that's going to get some adoption, it's, it's a lot of fun because you can actually build your version one, onboard a bunch of agents, and then you just keep tweaking it every, every week, every day, uh, based on that, that, that uh, feedback from your users. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course, of course, yeah. So I started, I started on the web development side. Um, I haven't yet done mobile apps, which it sounds like you guys have a course. That's uh, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, we, we do. And um, that's also really great to hear that uh, you taught yourself to code because I know a lot of um, companies obviously require some form of technology, technology to drive their, their product or their business as a whole. So uh, seeing that you taught yourself to code and just actually figuring this all out, um, uh, that's just really awesome to hear as well. Yeah. And I'd say like, uh, I view myself more as like a product manager now, but even should have at a minimum, a, a really good understanding of, of what, what their, what the development team is doing and what they're working on and have a good understanding of HTML and CSS and JavaScript. And, uh, um, I, I mean, it's, it, now once you hire a, a bigger team, you have people that are very just specialists at either iOS or Android or backend or API integrations, front end, UI, UX. And so um, oftentimes when you scale up, you no longer are the one that's actually coding everything, mm -hmm. but having that, that base level understanding um, of what, what some of those technologies, the, the stack, it really helps you to, uh, to bring the team together. Right. Yeah. And, and one of the things we also emphasize, uh, especially in our mobile app building class, is to, uh, you know, not always, it's not always the case that you're going to have uh, to build your own thing all the time. You might have to just look and get inspired by, you know, other people's apps or projects or whatever that is uh, in order to kind of uh, develop yours. So like, obviously you might not be building everything from scratch or even by yourself, like team collaboration is always a key import, like key factor in uh, building an actual app or a project. But um, yeah, that, that's awesome here that you have, uh, you collaborate and kind of figure it out for the entire platform. Yeah. And someone was asking what, what tools helped you help me learn to code. 
And uh, there's actually, a, um, I think it's called the Complete Web Development Course, and it's on um, Udemy. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was just a, it was just Udemy course. And uh, I just went through it step by step and they just had multiple different projects um, that you'd use one step at a time. And it would be teaching you the technology stack behind it as you're building the project. Um, and that, that was what I started with. I think it was like pretty, like it's like a 40 hour course. And then you just um, are doing all these fun projects along the way. And so, I mean, I think that's how we all learn is you, you, you just uh, start working on projects and, and uh, you test out different uh, technology stacks that you teach yourself along the way. For sure. Yeah, no, that, that's always a great way to start. Um, and that kind of leads into our, the, our third question is, um, what do you think is really the importance of STEM education, um, especially for a younger age and kind of in, in today's society where a lot of things are virtual and online? What do you think is the, the, the importance of STEM and learning STEM especially even at a young age, um, just in life in general? Yeah, I, I mean, STEM is, is what builds our society and STEM is, is at the core of, of how we create value and build new things. And so uh, I think in the end of the day, there's, there's like, there's like the, the, the people who um, might be on like, let's say the business side or they're, they're coming up with, with the, the business theories, but then, then there's the builder. And so you need to have, you need to have both and without the builders, you're not going to get anywhere. And so, um, STEM is just the most important thing for scientific advances, but then also if you're interested in entrepreneurship, it's at the core of what makes a company valuable is, is it's, it's tech stack and then how innovative it is and, um, how reliable it is. And so I think it, it just comes down to just (laughs) build that. That's the core of, of every great company and every great society is the, the ability for, um, the ability of its engineers and, and, and developers to, uh, to build new things. Absolutely. Absolutely. By the way, I'm going to drop a link to the, the course that I actually did. It was pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty cheap. It's like $20, but I think it has like 500,000 people who've taken it online. And so all these courses are like, there's just so many different great courses out there, but some of them are like, um, a popular one I know is Stanford Intro to Computer Science course that they have. I think that's a super popular one. I was actually listening last night to Vlad, the guy who founded Robinhood, the trading app, and he was just building Robinhood uh, as he was taking um, a, the Stanford online class that was on YouTube. And so um, you really you should go to university, but like um, you don't have to, you can learn a lot of this stuff on your own and, uh, in a much faster time. And, uh, so I, I just encourage everyone just to start, start early and you can figure out which, which categories of STEM you really like and, and, uh, and start building. Yep. Yeah. And speaking of, uh, kind of learning on your own and, uh, using online, which is pretty much one of the biggest, um, kind of platforms to learn to code, especially if you don't have a, you know, university to teach you. Uh, what do you think? I mean, uh, this is something that's, I think it's very, it's very interesting topic to talk about, which is like, like 20 years ago, you might not have been able to, or like anybody for that fact, uh, would have been able to like learn Python or like, especially like mobile apps. Like that's kind of crazy that, um, we have platforms that today that can literally help you build an app on your phone without actually needing like, typewritten code like you can literally be using like blocks and things that like 
elementary school students could understand. So uh, what do you think was like, how do you think accessibility in the, in the future would look like for, you know, learning technology um, just like we are today? Yeah, it, a lot of it is um, becoming like building blocks, like Lego blocks more and more. We're building new, new technologies. Um, I mean, what I see personally is like, I think for sure, like technologies like machine learning are going to unlock so much value and it's going to be massive. And, and I have lots of friends who, who went to university for machine learning. However, at the same time, like you can still build things with machine learning by just knowing how to use an API and tying into an AWS, um, an AWS service. You can, you can totally use some of the most, um, innovative machine learning models that are, are that are all created and uh, on on AWS servers that um, are pretty pretty simple to uh, operate, and you don't have to necessarily know the entire uh, complex mathematics or have to figure it out on out on your own. And so there's like this whole expression: it's like standing on the shoulders of giants. Well, you you can do that now with all this uh, open source, um, low code, and uh, APIs that, of, for, of services you can plug into that just help you just build so much faster um, to get to uh, what your, your your core offering is. You can just pull in all the things that, that don't necessarily need to be custom built and you can have a solution really fast. Right. And, and something I've always thought about is like how today we might be able to learn like, uh, like young students might be able to learn programming languages that only universities could teach 20 years ago. But if you think about it 20 years from now, things that like things like machine learning and AI, like the very like just building your own custom models and things like that might be very difficult for someone to learn, especially like through YouTube or something like, uh, and many times it takes taking like a full blown course online or something like that. Uh, but I think definitely like what you said in like, even I think very soon, uh, machine learning is going to be just as accessible as, you know, simple programming languages are today. So, um, yeah, that's an awesome, um, input you had there. Yeah, and it, I think it comes down to like, there's a lot of specialists, like stream specialists who are building the, the Lego blocks. And so um, as long as you know how to uh, do some, uh, some, de some development, you can start putting those blocks together. You don't have to know, it, it's, like the, it's like when you're, you're, you're using your, I mean, two decades ago, three decades ago, I don't even know, people used to be building their own computers and, and people still do that. but. Do you really need to when um, there's so many stacks out there already, and, and uh, you can just focus more on on um, innovating on where where you're really adding value versus having to rebuild everything from scratch? So. Yep, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I think especially with with those just creating technology and things like that, it's obviously um, that Insta showing us kind of leverage technology, especially in this online online environment, right? Um, so. Just kind of what what is your biggest takeaway being the CEO and co-founder of a fast-growing business like Insta? I'd say that it's <laughs> you just got to figure out how to uh, build a great team because um, you just can't do all this on your own. Um, it's 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 fun to try to build a company, and in the early days, it was great to to to, to get my hands on everything. I had to do everything. But once you get to a certain scale, you really have to rely on the team and uh, your team starts to become a number of people who are, are on a startup are usually generalists, but then also you have a lot of specialists. And so 
the more you, you grow, you're going to just have to uh, find specialists to help you accelerate your, your um, technical development and your, uh, your, your business side uh, development. Because I have, I have a sales guy that just focuses on the very niche targeting of, of uh, type of sales. And like, that's, that's literally all he does. And, um, but I couldn't, I couldn't do that full time. And it's a really big necessary part of our business. Um, but at the same time, like you just need to have somebody that, that focuses just on, on bringing new business, new clients to, to start using your software. Most of my team, seven, seven out of 11 employees I have uh, are all, are all developers and all very technical, but you still have to have the, the people that bring in the new, the new business that, um, use the software that the developers are using. So it really comes down to like, there's not one position that's more important than the others, but it's really this interlocking team that you create that really uh, drives the business forward. Right, right. Um, and transitioning kind of our, into our last question for you today. Um, and it's going back to Insta showing because I think um, a lot of people on the, on the call today um, might know a little bit now about Insta showing. So, how how is the pandemic or COVID nineteen uh, kind of created an opportunity for you um, as the uh, CEO of Insta Showing? Well, the pandemic actually has moved a lot of the pandemic has just accelerated the uh, housing market like no one's ever seen. It's just like lit it on fire, and so right now we're seeing just a ton of um, home buyers out there just trying to. Um, see houses. And so we'll have sellers right now. Um, typically like our software, what it does is automate home showings, uh, physical home showings. And so people typically would call the agent and get, make an appointment and all this other stuff. But that's just become impossible because of the number of people who are trying to see these houses. And so what happened with the pandemic is there's just so much demand out there that this solution has just become so much more important where before like you have someone, you probably have 20 or 30 appointments on a house, but now when a house goes live, let's say in California, they'll have like 70 showings on that house over like a three day weekend. And so you literally can't physically do that. You have to use technology to be able to enable you to um, actually sell your house. And so uh, it's, it's really helped us to um, uh, just get a lot of adoption because these agents really needed a solution uh, based on this housing market right now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's definitely growing really, really fast. And you can see that, you know, businesses have to keep up, but they also have to create innovative technologies at the same time. It's kind of that balance of just managing customers and also just creating services that can also keep up with the demand. Um, so I think I think that that wraps up the questions that we have for you guys uh, for, for William here today. Um, but it, I, we were wondering if any of you guys had any questions um, we, of course, will we'll keep it uh, private. So we won't say your name or anything like that. It's completely anonymous. Um, but if you had any questions that you were interested in asking William, uh, we'd love to share and ask him uh, on the call here. So you can, uh, if, if you guys don't know, you guys can just go up to the top. Um, and th there's, a, there's a small button that says Q&A. And you can basically uh, just type in a question right there. And then we'll see it on our Q&A slide. Uh, and it'll show up right here so we can see which questions you guys want asked, and then we'll, we'll ask them directly. Sure. 
how long you guys have been doing this uh these series uh this specific series is pretty much brand new uh but we have interviewed kind of a couple other uh people from you know different companies and in industries so uh yeah but overall this is our first uh session for this program awesome yeah Okay, I, I think we got a question here. Um, it's, it says, um, basically, like, how, how do you manage your time between, um, you know, the demands of being a founder and being a CEO, and also just your hobbies outside of work? Um, how do you how do you balance that kind of thing? Uh, I don't think there really is too much balance. Um, honestly, when you're doing a startup, it's like so all consuming, that like, that's pretty much the only thing you're going to be able to do. Like, I, I will try to get out and exercise which I think is important, get enough sleep, which I think is important. But like in terms of everything else, it just is all consuming. So you can't, if you really try to do it like a fast growing startup, it's gonna consume all every ounce of energy you have outside of that. And so um, I don't think there is a lot of balance, unfortunately. Uh, I'd love to say there is though, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's always hard. I think with, with balancing work and just balancing the time you have for yourself, people think, especially in like the online environment, a lot of people don't get a chance to go outside and do a lot of things that they normally would do. Um, but it, it's always nice to just kind of find that balance too in, in a way, but also just, you know, have that ambition to work on whether, whatever you're passionate about. Um, but but it's really great to see, you know, kind of how you uh, still steer your focus towards the business itself. Um, yeah, and, and I think that leads into another question that a student asked, um, which was just kind of like, if you could, if you could just look back on your early years of your early education, high school and middle school and things like that, um, what, what would you do a little bit differently in terms of um, just learning STEM and just um, being maybe even being more ambitious about it? Any projects, anything that you maybe you wish you had learned more about? Um, I think it's always great to hear uh, for younger students like the people on the phone. Yeah, I think it's just about starting your first projects. And so start, start thinking about ideas and in businesses and just start building something um and and try to figure out what you can build completely um even if it's just an mvp uh it's 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 important to 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 start trying now because likely your first because this is this is my third business um and likely your first is not gonna maybe take off but um once you start building things and you can start seeing like how to create value and, and what's necessary to uh, uh, what's ne what type of effort is necessary to actually create something successful. I'd say um, to start now uh, and, and do one of these hackathons and build something and and, uh, um, and and just keep at it too. It's a numbers game. For sure, for sure. And we actually had our um, we had a global student challenge earlier in December and we were absolutely amazed by what some of the some of the students built um there was just tons of apps and projects and it was really impressive to see that even at a young age like second grade third grade they're building apps and things that you can put on your phone already and i think it's always kind of interesting to just see that change that you know maybe a long time ago or many years ago um it was kind of hard for students to do this and kind of hard for students to get access to that access to that kind of education and technology but just like you said like online courses um, different sessions, especially like these, um, they're really helpful in just kind of um, providing a way, but also giving you that creative liberty about just, you know, understanding how STEM works and just doing what you're passionate about and what you're interested in. I think it's always great to start early, for sure.
Cool. Well, I think um, I think that should be all there is in the Q and A. I don't see any more questions. Um, if you do have any other questions, feel free to type in the Q and A. We have just about five minutes left here, so we can always ask William um, if if he's willing to just hang around for just a little bit more. Um, but again, if you have any questions, feel free to click that Q and A box, type in a question. Again, we'll leave it anonymous, so um, your name won't be attached, but um, we can definitely just ask away. Yeah, and feel free to add me on LinkedIn as well. Like, drop my drop my profile. For sure, for sure. So, just drop that in on the chat. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, and I'd also say that when I drop in a LinkedIn there, it's also great for you guys to um, start creating some kind of portfolio, um, a LinkedIn, um, and just tagging all the project projects that you start working on and, and just describing what they are and like a blog post, maybe on your own, on, on personal site. I had a friend who um, was just doing Swift mobile apps and uh, uh, he just was making like a dozen different products. And um, he ended up working at Apple. He works at Apple now and, and, and literally they don't hire people unless you've shown an entrepreneurial drive uh, and have built some apps yourself or built some of your own projects. And so like, if you even want to work in STEM and if you won't even want to be a developer, even at these big companies, you have to show that you've done some kind of, uh, taken some kind of entrepreneurial initiative to, to build things. And so, um, even if you don't want to just do your own business, you should start now and, and starting to try, try to create some, uh, some cool projects that you can show off when you're trying to get that job. Right. Right. And actually just as a bonus question, this is not from a student, but, um, just, I was, I was going to ask this earlier, but like, you know, like recently, obviously because of the pandemic, um, a lot of people are pushed indoors and moreover students. And I think this is kind of like the biggest problem right now is like how, uh, just the fact that like, we're always online now is just, I feel like I've, when I've talked to people, uh, especially my age or even people younger who've might be might be impacted more because they might not know how to use like even more teams like people in like even elementary school right so how do you think kind of like obviously stem um you know when you're building mobile apps you can do this stuff online but when it comes to like building like hardware a lot of that stuff um is like hands-on experience that has to be in person so how, how do you think kind of um hands-on experience would change in the future like i know right now we have Kind of like virtual labs or things like that for school or um all like programs and online kinds of things are just uh fine-tuned to help you learn online so how do you think hands-on experience versus online would kind of change uh in order to kind of accustom people who might not be in person all the time i don't know that's a tough question um it's kind of uh, uncharted waters i do think there's a lot of value to being in person and to just working on projects as a team and having is especially hardware it's a physical it's a physical thing um so I, I guess i don't have an answer to that um but i i think yes you can work on software projects together as a team online but um at the same time it's it's so much better when you can be in person and you could just collaborate and you could point things out and and oftentimes you get you're working on some kind of a development challenge and then you run into a hurdle and it ends up taking the team to uh, discuss um, how to figure out what's how to solve that solve that issue and so um, 
yeah, I'd say a lot of it comes down to, to, to teamwork and, and the more in person you are, sometimes the collaboration is just much more smooth, but I understand that in the, the future, likely a lot of these competitions might be totally virtual. Yep. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Well, great. I think, I think that's all we had uh, for you today, William. Thank you for taking the time. Of course, I know it's July 4th weekend. There's always time to spend with family and friends, um, but yeah, thank you for taking the time at least on this morning to sit down with us and be our first guest speaker for Talking STEM. We're um, really excited to just kind of continue this, um, continue this program into the coming weeks and the coming months. Um, so again, we're, we're going to be doing this a lot in the future. So if you have any recommendations or any interest of who you would want to see next, um, whether that be a scientist, CEO, whatever, um, feel free to drop it in the chat and we'll definitely take a look at your recommendation. Um, but yeah, once again, thank you so much. Uh, everyone who joined too, I know it's a busy weekend for everyone, but uh, it's really great to see that you guys are at least taking the initiative to join in today. Cool. And thanks for having me. For sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I think, I think that that pretty much wraps it up for uh, today's session. Um, yeah. Thank you all for joining and have a great rest of your July 4th weekend. Bye everyone.